0: For some ministers, one of their least favorite Sundays to preach because, I mean, how do you preach about something so idealistic and ephemeral as world peace and and unity and uh, seems uh, it seems like something that maybe we should just uh, pass by. Uh, but I'm going to tackle it and uh, I chose two texts today to help us. Uh, the first from the prophet Jeremiah, really known to be uh, kind of a, a, a hard dude with a harsh message. Uh, but I want to uh, uh, give you just a little bit of context for the rest of the reading by one verse that, that uh, he begins with. So let us listen now for God's word from Jeremiah. He says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? You see, the heart of Jeremiah was to warn people about an impending trouble, to save them, to help them save themselves. He was looking for someone who would listen. And then he continues From the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from the prophet, To the priest, everyone deals falsely. Has he left anyone out? Nope. They have treated the wound of my people carelessly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. They acted shamefully, and yet they were not ashamed. They did not know how to blush a phrase that I think captures better than any other the prophetic message for our culture today. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls word of the Lord. Jeremiah is offering a warning out of concern for the welfare of the people. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, said Paul. In particular, the religious leaders have been unhelpful in this situation in Israel. They have treated lightly the wound of the people of the country. What was the wound? it was their spiritual bankruptcy covered papered over by all of their stuff all of their status all of their success all of their comfort all of that shifted the moral calculus and made right seem wrong and wrong seem right so that all of all of their life was was sick it was a wound It reminds me of the story that is ongoing about the college admissions scandal. I don't know those folks, haven't even really read much about who they are, but I can just imagine that when they had their children, they didn't start out to say, I'm gonna be as corrupt and dishonest as possible in helping them get ahead. (laughs) I think they wanted to love their children support them as they grew, give them every advantage and opportunity. And then when it came to that point, well, they're just helping their children. I mean, who among us hasn't given a donation somewhere and also reaped a benefit from it? In either some kind of gift or relationship, pred- quo pro something that benefits us for our giving isn't that what they've done and so wrong becomes right and right becomes wrong it's it's so easy they didn't know how to be ashamed how to blush and so the prophet appeals to them to look for an ancient path at a crossroads, a point of decision. He says, look for that way that will give you rest for your souls, peace. Jesus said, come to me, you who are burdened. Learn from me, take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. I think that may be inner peace. Peace is first of all a matter of soul health, of treating the wound. You know, any of you that have had to help somebody with a wound that won't heal, or maybe you've had such a wound, it's a serious thing. Very serious. Sometimes very hard to treat. And the enemy of wound healing is what? It's it's bacteria. And the bacteria of the soul is fear. The inability to trust the goodness and and the providence of God and to start grasping for life by other means, that becomes a deeper infection Peace we can understand is a gift, a gift of God, peace that passes all human comprehension, we are told. We receive that inner peace as a gift of Christ. That's where peace and peacemaking begins. That's how we begin to understand the good path. Clarence Jordan said that the constitution of the church is the Beatitudes, those few verses in Matthew. Remember them? Blessed are the poor, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, those who work for peace. Clarence Jordan saw these as sort of a stair step towards spiritual maturity with peacemaking being at the top the goal the intention of god is to bring unity to all people and all things god is against estrangement and fragmentation and intends unity paul or the writer of ephesians wrote about this in in the new testament text that we have this morning Remember that formerly you, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away are brought near. His purpose, God's purpose, was to create in Christ one new humanity, making peace. For Christ is our peace, who has made the two into one and destroyed barriers and dividing walls of hostility. Now in one body, we are reconciled to God through the cross, by which he put to death hostility. And he came and said to you, Peace. Peace to you who are far away. And peace to you who are near. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. But fellow citizens. Fellow citizens, the whole building is joined together to become like a holy temple. In other words, a dwelling place where the Spirit of God lives. That's God's intention and God's accomplishment in Christ. The call to worship today came from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah has this wonderful poetic imagery about the vision of unity. He says that Jerusalem, of, think about the irony of this, Jerusalem will be the place where all nations will come together. Wow. Is that far off? Is that even possible? He says, nation will not lift up sword against nation nor will they learn war anymore he's saying this is not simply a political program or a a plan for some kind of disarmament this is a new world coming a new world where people are able to trust and communicate with each other This vision I find hard to believe and accept. I like it, but it's at the same time threatening because a lot of the things I value the most, I'm reluctant to lose. And I don't wanna risk them. And I don't even wanna share everything. And we live in a world where it seems like sometimes people just wanna take what we got we're not careful. So, this image is almost unbelievable. It almost sounds crazy, abnormal. But then I think that's the point of the poetry to help us to see that what we think is normal is abnormal. We have come to believe that it's normal to spend 37% of our national wealth on military and 2% on diplomacy and foreign aid and, and peacemaking. We have come to believe that fighting wars is something that we will have to do forever, almost every generation, as if it's normal. We're not really aware of how Unnormal it is in the sight of God. And so, in these these times of wall building and impeachment investigating, how can we be peacemakers? One thing I would say, violence, whether it's spoken or acted, is not inevitable. It is a choice. Violence is a choice, and so is peacemaking a choice. There was a man, a young man, who went with a friend to get lunch And because his friend was black, they were not served. This happened in the early 60s. They sat at that lunch counter. They weren't served. They were told to leave. Finally, they did. But they came back the next day, and they sat for hours. And finally, the restaurant closed without serving them. They came back a third day with friends and filled the restaurant and... Another man came up behind them, wielding a knife. And he went up to him, and he said, If you don't leave now, I'm going to kill you. And that man had about a second to react and decide what he would do. Would he turn and give him some kind of a punch? Would he draw a gun or a knife Were there pepper spray, would he have used that? Would any of that brought peace? Would it have been a necessary violence, uh, a righteous violence? He said to him, brother, you do what you think is right. But I am going to try to love you no matter what. And the man with the knife started shaking. And then he dropped the knife and he ran out of the restaurant. You see, he was prepared to fight. He was prepared for more violence. But he was not prepared to be loved. I bet quite a few of you have seen the YouTube video of the brother of Botham Jean, the man who was killed in Dallas by an off-duty police officer. You've seen that video? The brother in the courtroom who told the woman who killed his brother, he said to her, you don't need to hear any more about how bad a thing you have done. You already know it. But I want you to know that I love you. And you need to find God. And I believe if you find God, you will find forgiveness the way we all need forgiveness. And then he got up and hugged her. You've seen that? If you haven't, you should go look. Peacemaking is a choice that every one of us has. What if that guy had chosen differently in that courtroom? Would that have brought peace to anyone? I don't know if what he did can bring peace, but I know that the opposite would never work. More words of hate or violence... So there is, there has to be this inner conversion of the enemy from someone who is enemy to sister or brother. When we can make that conversion, we are coming near to Christ. Jesus never acknowledged the neat divisions that existed in his society, the separations between the sick and the well, the clean and the unclean, men and women, Gentile, Jew, believers, unbelievers, Roman soldiers and uh, patriots, all of those divisions, no. And it's significant that His vision of unity included the necessity of pain and death. There is a dying that goes with peace. There is a pain that goes with giving up swords and spears and living with pruning hooks and plows. There is a pain and a death and a vulnerability that come with living in a world defenseless, but in a way that brings peace. It is not easy. I do not have all of the answers. I know many of you would have excellent questions, and it would be good to discuss But this much I can say, here and now, we are invited to a table that commemorates that death, that love, that peace, that makes world communion possible. Amen.